0: Interviews should influence how you see your world versus how you see things from the inside. When I'm in a
1: crown and sash, people want to talk to me more, and it just helps amplify the message of the nonprofits that I work with.
2: Touching something isn't going to give you COVID. It's about what happens after, right? So the gloves aren't really the answer. The answer is to keep your hands clean.
1: You've just heard snippets from
3: a few of our guests. Fantastic presentations, so stay tuned for more.
2: Want to patent
4: your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart, now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart.
3: I'm Elizabeth Gearhart.
4: Welcome to Passage to Profit, the inventor's show, where we talk about small businesses, entrepreneurs, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. So how well are you? Ash Kumra is our featured guest this evening. He's a wellness entrepreneur, national radio host, and top-ranked performance and personal branding coach. Christina Henderson is our executive spotlight and holds the current title of Mrs. New Jersey, and she'll be interviewed by our very own Carrie Barrett.
3: And we have a fabulous consumer product. So there have been so many inventions during the time of COVID. I love this one, and I am getting it for myself. I'm just going to tell you, everybody's going to want it when they see it, and you will be hearing about that from Hirsch Chin.
4: Yeah, and it's a great product, and it's a fantastic idea, and it'll keep you happy and sanitized wherever you go. So we're on to IP in the news, news that you can use. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a new patent that's been issued to Spotify, and the point of the patent is for technology to be able to predict what emotions you have, and then they will select music in tune with with your emotions. It's a very interesting patent. I guess I'm kind of concerned that they're gonna be using this technology to determine my emotions. I'm not sure that I like that idea. The way that they do this though, is first of all, they look at your earlier playlist. They determine where you're located. So whether you're on a train or alone or in a party. And then based on that kind of information, the geolocation, they have a voice sensor that senses your mood. And then based on that, they predict just exactly what kind of music is right for you at that moment, which I happen to think is absolutely crazy because I'm not sure I want software that can determine my mood.
3: Well, it shows what your friends are listening to as well. So that is kind of creepy, I think. But, you know, personalized marketing (laughs) (laughs) using AI. That's that's what's happening. Yeah,
4: I really am concerned that in six months, we're all going to be living under the spy net or whatever they call it. And we have just a few months of freedom left. You
3: already are. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, well, let's go to some conspiracy theory stuff. This is kind of fun. So I am going to show you this. This is what I'm going to be reading from. This is from The War Zone, which I stumbled across online when I was looking for Pat Palooza stuff. And the name of this is The Secretive Inventor of the Navy's Bizarre UFO Patents Finally Talks.
4: So we didn't even know that there was a secretive (laughs) inventor from the Navy, but now we do. And let's hear what he has to say. So
3: his name is Dr. Salvatore Pei, P-A-I-S. So if you are interested in secret patents of the Navy, then... You can look for this guy. The war zone has been following him and trying to figure out what he's up to. They say it's, it's funny because they're actually getting the patents granted and they're like on pie in the sky, science fiction stuff. So this is written by Brett Tingley. So
4: what kind of stuff is he patenting?
3: So it's written by Brett Tingley. And the most radical of all is the hybrid aerospace underwater craft claimed to be able to engineer the fabric of our reality at the most fundamental level.
4: I've already got one of those. Why why does he need to patent that?
3: (laughs) So all this has led many to wonder, like, what's going on with Dr. Salvatore Pay's patents? I think they're
4: just trying to keep that defense budget up high and file a lot of meaningless patents so that, I mean, guy sounds crazy.
3: So- They think maybe they could be misinformation. So our adversary is going a wild goose chase. Oh,
4: conspiracy theory. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or
3: maybe they've already invented some of this stuff and the fabric of our reality is unraveling and changing as we know it right now.
4: (laughs) Yep, and those of you listening to Passage Prophet may be feeling that at this very moment, so So,
3: just hold on,
4: it's just an invention by the Navy.
3: Anyway, sci-fi stuff, but as I told Richard, in the year 1 AD, I doubt they thought we'd be flying around an airplane, so...
4: Well, and that's true. And Arthur Clarke, who is a famous sci-fi writer, actually invented the satellite, and he wrote about it in a fiction book before it ever became reality. So while this is a little tongue-in-cheek, and I would love to see somebody bend reality, you never know what could happen. I'm just waiting for the warp drive patent. So.
3: Me too. I am nice. so Excited about our guest today.
4: (laughs) Yes, Ash Kumra. Welcome to the show, Ash. We know that you're a podcaster, a nationally syndicated radio show host, and you're
0: all about wellness. So how are you feeling right now? Are you well? (laughs) Well, I'm laughing so much in my head. You two are like this comedic duo. You guys need to do stand up. (laughs) I'm serious. I like really (laughs) enjoy just hearing you talk. You guys are like, I love your dynamic. (laughs) But but on a serious note, I'm super happy to be here, honored to be here with all these amazing amazing guests. I'm doing great. You know, what's interesting is I've been saying this to a lot of people. I'm very happy about 2021. And when I say that it's not political. I just get this vibe that everyone wants to find ways to normalize their life. I don't know what you both think about that.
4: We have been, in our business, I'm an intellectual property attorney, and actually things have been pretty steady for us, but the things that we miss are the things like getting together with our family as often, being able to go outside, going to restaurants was one of our favorite pastimes, and I think a lot of people are missing out on those activities. So I'm desperately waiting to get back to that.
3: I'm excited about 2021. I think that we're going to come out the other end of this dark tunnel we've been in. And I think people are going to be so much more appreciative. Yeah. I know I am. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, that's really a good thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The reason why I say that is because I feel that um, what you just said, Elizabeth, is really key is that gratitude is being tested to another level right now. So one of the reasons why I love wellness, one of the reasons why I love doing what I do and have conversations like this with you all is because... I think we need to remind ourselves that it's more important than ever to appreciate what you have right now. And I think gratitude, and I think being kind, and I think embracing the uncomfortability and saying, you know what, I dealt with some stuff, but there is a light at the end. I don't know. I just feel really good about all that. And I feel that there's this collective energy around. And I feel that this year, we're going to see more of that. So when I think of wellness now, I think wellness is less about just your skincare routine. Or are you meditating? It's more about How are you appreciating what's in front of you?
3: Right. And I think two of the people that we have on the show today, actually everybody that we have on the show today has redone things for COVID. They've come up with very clever, intuitive inventions or different ways to do things based on the reality we're in now. And they're going to carry that forward into 2021. And it's like the creative juices have just been flowing. I mean, certainly at the law firm where people bring patents and trademarks, there's been a lot of activity.
4: But as you know, you're so right, because it's been so easy to focus on what we've lost. And that puts you in a certain spot. And if you reverse that and think about what you have, that can make a real difference. I think that will help people move forward. And as Elizabeth said, the gratitude of what came before and what you have now, I think those are really great points.
0: It's interesting. You were talking earlier about these uh, conspiracy theories and the Spotify patents in another segment. I wanted to share another scary thought, and this is like not fake news. Did you know that Elon Musk has actually tested the neural link into a monkey's brain?
3: Yes, I saw that. And that is terrifying. And the monkey was able to do humans. Play video games.
0: Yeah, yeah. Play video games. But what if the neural link is in your head to make you be more grateful and just make you define the positive in things? Would you still
4: not want to use it? The question is who gets to decide,
0: yeah.
3: yeah.
4: Because if it's somebody you like and it's the types of thoughts you like, then you're cool with it. If it's not, then what can you do about it, right?
3: take a step back and ash can you explain exactly what the Neuralink is
0: yeah so and again i'm just going off of the traditional news sources like cnbc and other kind of financial news but essentially the Neuralink is a chip that is in your brain that basically allows you to have enhanced cognitive abilities and for some people who might have let's say your legs can't move it would have a way to have your brain essentially connect with the different parts of your body to allow certain physical actions that you normally might not have, like if you couldn't walk or if your back was, Broken or things of that sort. So that's the theory behind it. For me, it sounds normal because I think anyone who grew up watching Star Trek is like, you've seen data and you've seen all these different neuroscientific cross technologies. But yeah, that's essentially what Neuralink is, I believe. And I don't know if the intention behind it was meant to do those functions, but you talk about 2021 and re pivoting and changing. I think these technologists and visionary type thinkers are probably saying, what else can I do given what's happening? Maybe they're trying to accelerate the neural link because they're seeing that a lot of people might not trust themselves or they want to have this thing. I don't know if I would ever use it, but I think there's some people who generally want it. I think that we've all been trained to be afraid of things like that because you can't
3: make a good movie unless something goes wrong. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: well said. Well said. Yeah.
4: We've seen what happens when you put one of those things in your head, right? It does seem like there are a lot of positives, that's if, for sure. If
3: but... I could put the neural link in and become smarter, that's so tempting. Is it
4: really, though? Have we really done that well with the brains that we've got on this planet? What is smarter going to solve, right? Some people
5: have. Maybe we should have Kenya weigh in on this. Oh, man. I don't know if you want me to. Um, (laughs) 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 I mean, I think for me, it's all interesting and it's innovative and, you know, forward thinking. I also feel like sometimes it's problematic when we start to do God's job you know, and we start creating things that like alter our natural human state. So although I see the benefits from some of it, I also think that there could be some potential dangers from altering anything that we've been naturally given. So that's kind of where I stand on. And I, and it goes back to Ash, your point about gratitude, right? Like if we're to be in a really truthful, grateful state and appreciating what we have and where we are, I think life is really about mastering that and appreciating what we have and getting that to work at its optimal level on its own. So that's kind of where I stand. It's
3: a tightrope walk. I mean, will you get a vaccine so you don't die? It's a philosophical question. I think it takes somebody that's really knows philosophy to put this in a frame of mind.
4: The thing is, is nobody really knows. And it could be that someday we all end up as part of a large machine or large neural network. The Borg. The Borg. (laughs) The (laughs) Borg. And maybe that is better. I don't know, but nobody really knows that. Terry, what do you think?
6: I go back and forth and I have a million questions for you, Ash. And I know there's probably a couple of people in our audience who might be saying, what is this hippy-dippy kind of stuff. I need you to show me some science. So I'd love to hear how you are where you are when it comes to how this all works and your belief in it. But I was just doing a podcast earlier this morning with somebody who has a doctorate in business psychology. And we were talking about gratitude, one thing. And we were also talking about this thing called the caveman brain, which is that sort of innate, ancient defense mechanism that we have when the bushes rustle, we like see saber tooth, Tigers, and that's how we have managed to stay alive for millennia. Well, now the dangers are different, but our brains haven't really evolved to keep up with the fact that no, when the bushes rustle, it's not because there's a saber toothed tiger. However, I do have the PTA sitting on my shoulder instead, and I feel the same fight. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, it's a, now it's the guy with the leaf blower, right?
6: You so, know, so. <laughs> like, so maybe there are some good use for it. But I also think about: Are we like, are we getting into our DNA too much? You know, are we creating designer babies like that sort of thing? Like, <sighs> how far do you take it?
0: I love the whole primal conversation because if you follow the history, yes, cavemen, cave women were hunters, or they were they needed to survive. And I feel that we live right now, at least. Some people in our society live in a time of excess culture. Like we complain about things that are kind of like, you know, that first world kind of thinking or whatnot. And, and so I feel that sometimes people take advantage of the fact that we have so many luxuries and so many luxuries force us to become inherently lazy. I'm not go telling you to go hunt right now and go. Go kill meat if, if you're eating meat. But I'm just saying that buying excess meat or buying excess plant-based food when you just need food for the day, but buying, stocking up your fridge for months and months and months, it's like, do you really need to do that? Or like you said, complaining about things that are so like, do you really need this in your life? And and I think when one thing that 2021 has taught me, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think 2021 and the unfortunate recession or quasi recession we had for 2020, and maybe it's continued a little now is that it's made people realign with that primal self of what do you really need in your life? Like, do you really need to go shop and buy all these things? You really need to go drive and go to all these events. You really need to have certain people in your life. And I'm not telling you to cut people just to cut people, but I think people need to focus on the quality, not the quantity of their life. And so that goes back to that ancient primal days of our ancestors. And so that's what I hope more people tap into. I don't want them to use the unfortunate situations to make them realize that I hope they can do that with self-awareness. I hope that answers your question.
6: No, it does. And it's really interesting because when you started to talk about decluttering our life, that's how I'm interpreting what you're saying. But there was Mm -hmm. an article that just came out Last week, and I wish I could remember where I read it, but it was that the pandemic has forced us all to become a little more authentic, meaning we don't have to hang out with this person who we really don't like, but we feel like we're supposed to because that's what our social group dictates that we do. Like we've kind of stripped away all of the BS. Yep. And it's forcing us to, in a good way, be a little more real.
0: Be more real. And I think there's a lot of reasons why this excess culture's happened. I, I have a love-dislike relationship with social media. I mean, I'm on social media right now talking to you all. So I love the communication capabilities. And it's been able to allow my, my podcast, my radio show, and other content I do reach audiences I would never reach. But at the same time, it's a drug, too, where if you get on it, you can, you can use it for that short-term hit. You know for oh my god i want to post the status and look at my likes or you could say oh well people don't like this or i'm getting attacked for these views and so i feel that that excess need to get validation is a anti-primal trait because like you said back in the days people needed to survive back in the days people had to go do things to to get their food to provide for their family and provide things for the people that matter. And I think this excess culture, which is the anti-primal state, is when you're so dependent on external things that really don't matter. And I feel, just to conclude, that this normalization mentality that I said about 2021, I feel more people are realizing what you just said, Carrie. And I'm not saying cut social media. I'm not saying cut people in your life. But I'm just saying be more mindful about the things that matter in your life. And I feel that people are more cognizant of that in 2021, regardless of what views you have.
6: You know what? It's interesting. and I'm going to use a news analogy to sort of bring this home because I see all the different points that everybody's making. And I've worked at stations across the country and in all different networks and ownership groups. And it's inevitably this, it's the winner is the dominant number one station in terms of the rating in every market is the one who's concerned with what's going on in their own newsroom. And because they are so focused on what they have to do, it's always a dominant number one. I mean, they blow two, three and four out of the water because two, three and four are busy looking all over. And then they're trying to catch up. They're like, oh, let's go over here. Oh, oh, no. Now this station's doing this. So we have to follow up. And their eye is never on the prize. It's always on what everybody around them is doing. And that's inevitably when you dig down into the deep. That's why they're not winning. There's a bunch of other stuff that goes along with it.
4: also to just bounce off of what Carrie and Ash said, I did once have a mentor who said, if you want to be a better leader, work on yourself. And it really is true that you can't be a better leader without being a better person. I always took that advice to heart and we continue to work on ourselves. So I think
3: we need to just shoot our caveman self down (laughs) (laughs) and say we're going to be the enlightened person.
0: There is something we can take away from the caveman primal versions of ourselves is focus on what you really need and also embrace the uncomfortability. So that's a theme that I think needs to be talked about more. And I feel in 2021, hopefully people can be more self-aware to see this is that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to embrace it. It's have conversations about things, you know, be vulnerable. These are reasons why I love wellness and mental wellness specifically. It's because this is how your mind evolves. And I wanted to go back to something you said, Kenya, earlier about creativity. I would agree with you, Carrie, that the best, at least as a broadcaster, the best broadcasters that I've ever met or have seen are the ones that literally are working from a what can I do that I'm meant to do, not what is trending. I have a philosophy that the best entrepreneurs or the best creators follow a purpose, not a trend. And I'll give you a really quick example. So let's say I wanted to create a social network for tennis players. And it was literally think about like a Facebook for tennis players there's two ways to think about it. If I did it from a trend standpoint, it's because, oh, there's a lot of advertising dollars in tennis right now. And there's a big audience. Like let's say 18 to 35 year old women are now playing tennis. It's the rage. I want to do it, but I've never played tennis. I just want to do the business because it makes sense. It's dollars and cents and I can get bought out one day. Someone who's doing it from a purpose driven standpoint is like, Hey, maybe I played in the by past, or maybe I have kids that play tennis. And I generally feel that tennis can help people. I generally feel that tennis is something where it's not only going to help people, it's going to be a big business opportunity. Now, let's go back. Let's go to a scenario. Let's say the advertising market for tennis dollars went down and the whole social network was driven on ad dollars. Someone who has a trend-based thinking will do that thing where I failed. I'm going to fold shop all this wasted effort, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be that person who wallows and goes to some venting group to talk about my failed business. But someone who's thinking from a purpose standpoint is like, you know what? It didn't work out. I'm going to pivot or I'm going to find a way to make this work. I'll make changes to the business. Heck, I might not just do tennis anymore. I might make it badminton to add because my mind is clear that I'm in this for the long run. And I feel that people who get this purpose-driven mentality are people who do the inner work on themselves. That's where the whole reason why I bring this example up.
3: Right, and I think that that goes back a little bit to what Kenya was saying about being ourselves and not putting some chip in our brain, right? <laughs> exactly. So
4: we've come full circle, <laughs> and unfortunately, our yeah, time it, it, with the segment is up. Yeah, Ash, where can our audience find
2: you?
0: Well, my name is pretty uh, synonymous at all my platforms, so A-S-H-K-U-M-R-A. So I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. And then my company... It's, it's interesting you, you bring um, how to reach me. I'm actually, by the time this show airs, I'm actually launching a habit-based platform. So one thing I want to do this year is I want to help people focus on building wellness habits. And so we're launching a platform for these seven-day habit challenges, and it's called Habit Crew. So you'll be able to look it up in end of February, habitcrew.com.
4: Well, we look forward and I hope you can stick around for a few more minutes as we continue on with the program. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest. Ash Kumra will be back right after this message.
7: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, Law on the web at dot com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now
4: back to
3: Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard
4: and Elizabeth Gearhart. We just had the most fascinating discussion about human nature and wellness. And, and what's
3: happening in 2021 and, with and, Ash Kuhn. Yeah, right. and
4: gratitude, the whole ball of wax. So if you missed that segment and you're just tuning in now, make sure to go to our podcast, which will be available tomorrow and on all podcast networks, right? And
3: if you want to see the amazing people that are on the show, go to our YouTube channel, Passage to Profit Show. It's really fun to watch people talk. Yep, it sure is. And
4: this has been fantastic so far. And now I'd like to introduce our very own Carrie Barrett, who's going to be talking with Mrs. New Jersey, Christina Henderson. So
3: can I just say a word about Carrie?
4: You can, yeah.
3: So Carrie is an Emmy award-winning TV anchor who now has her own consulting business, is Carrie Barrett Consulting, which Richard and I are using to try to improve our performance on <laughs> Passage to Profit. Well, so you,
4: you can be the judge, audience. We, we asked her to
3: interview <laughs> Christina. We just started working together.
6: I <laughs> so, so <laughs> thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I am kidding. You guys are amazing. We all, everybody always the chemistry between the two of you is phenomenal. You have something special going on here. With that said, we also have a really special group of guests here as well. Thank you for the kind introduction. I've been looking forward to talking to Christina Henderson ever since you guys invited me to be on the show. So we have Mrs. New Jersey America. Christina it's so nice to meet you and see you. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much for interviewing me. I really appreciate it. You're the current Mrs. New Jersey correct? I
1: am. I am. This has been a wild year. I've been so busy and it's just been such an incredible opportunity. It's really
6: Have you always been I guess you have been right always sort of in that pageant circle or how does that
1: work? So I used to watch Miss USA on TV Mm -hmm. and when I was 19 I was like oh let me just compete for Miss New Jersey and I didn't train at all I just went for it and I got the best interview award but but all these other girls had really trained hard for it and I got that pageant bug you know I really enjoyed meeting these other women who are really out in the community making a difference and I learned that it's not just about strutting your stuff on a stage it's about giving back to the community and I always love working with nonprofits, so it kind of aligned with my values my goals and just making friendships with like-minded women was pretty incredible so then I gave it another go for Miss Massachusetts when I was 24 and I competed for that and I um I was a finalist and I got Miss Congeniality, most photogenic. And I had thought that was my last pageant. And then I found the married pageant, Mrs. (laughs) And I'm already again, so involved in nonprofits that I said, why not? Let me just go for it. And now I'm, I'm so grateful to have the title and be able to really be a, a bigger voice for nonprofits. You know, when, when I'm in a crown and sash, people want to talk to me more. And it just helps amplify the message of the nonprofits that I work with. And also I work with women in business too. I'm building a support system for women owners. And I think it's so important that women support women in 2021 and moving forward. So it's just been such an incredible experience.
6: Have you had to change the way? I mean, I know that you travel a lot. How has that changed with everything that's going on in terms of the pandemic?
1: Right now, I'm kind of staying in New Jersey and doing most of my traveling. Actually, (laughs) with my business, I'm actually on a campaign donating masks, and we're doing it to, to close by states we're going to New York Philadelphia, we are going to be traveling to Florida and California when it's a little bit safer to do so and we're donating over 100,000 masks, which I'll get into in a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, as Mrs New Jersey I'm touring the state and you know what I'm still going out there, even though it is a pandemic of course I'm wearing my mask and having that extra safety protection. But it's important that we all remain hopeful and, you know, meeting with other people during this time, I think is really important. You know, human beings, we're social beings and it's still important that we live our lives to the fullest. And I want to make the most of this year and I'm doing it the safest way possible. And I think that's important, but we just can't stop living our lives. You know, we have to still live and seize every opportunity. And so I'm making the most of it and, and working with nonprofits, you know, just because it's a pandemic, these organizations aren't stopping. They're not on a break or on a pause. It's important that we still get out there and support our nonprofits and support our small businesses during this time. Cause it's so critical. It's so crucial. Well, of course. And not especially with the nonprofits
6: yeah. for many of them, their donations are down, but the need is so great. I have yeah. a friend who runs a nonprofit here in Rockaway, New Jersey, actually, and it's a really tough time. And I know she's not the only one that's struggling. And I want to ask you a little bit about that, but you talked earlier about the importance of being supportive and the way that you help small business owners and especially women owned business. You're a certified women owned business. And I want to talk to you about business in a moment, but I was looking at your Instagram page and if you're not following Christina. You should be. It's very, very cool. One of the initiatives you you have right now is that you're going to all 21 counties in the state of New Jersey, and you're visiting with women who own their businesses, run businesses. How did you get that going? And what's, what's sort of the ultimate goal? What would you like to see happen with that?
1: Well, I kind of thought of the idea because I had searched for like a grassroots support system for yeah. women owners and I couldn't really find some any actually. I'm WBE certified and that's a network of women, but that's a small percentage of women who are WBE certified. And so it kind of made sense to me to meet with other women owners. And as a woman owned business, as an owner, I find it hard to meet other women who are like-minded in business who have, you know, a thirst for success and for giving back. And it's hard to find people with that same mindset and and build a friendship too. And so I really wanted to make that a part of it as well. Also with this difficult time, I wanted to meet with these women owners and discuss how they pivoted their business and how they kept their businesses alive and successful during this difficult time. You know, for small businesses. So I was so excited to start my tour to the 21 counties in New Jersey. And I'm a Jersey girl raised in New Jersey, but I haven't, seen some of these counties and these towns ever before. I haven't even heard of some of them. So it was a great experience to start. and It's just been incredible. And I'm still continuing my tour. I'll be in Bergen County tomorrow. And I've just had the most incredible experience, seeing the hope on people's faces. And people have been so welcoming and so warm to me. I went to the town of Frenchtown, New Jersey, which I've never been to before. And if you haven't been, I highly recommend it. It's this very charming town. And I was there in December and it was all decorated for Christmas. It was like a Hallmark movie Town, it was awesome, and the mayor was there, and the policemen were there to welcome me. And there, ninety percent of the businesses in Frenchtown are women-owned, and they were so excited to see me and talk to me. And it was a really, really beautiful moment. Um, It was Christmas time, so I really felt the magic of Christmas during the pandemic. One of the women owners told me a story about how her her neighbor's business was suffering, and another business came in and helped pay their bills. And then I visited a bakery in that town, and they told me. Don't leave without trying the bakery down the street. And their competitor business. Yeah. And that is just what it's all about. And it has been so incredible and really moving. And I'll remember this for the rest of my life. I just really tell people to really support your small businesses during this time. When you grab a coffee, don't run to Starbucks. Think about supporting your small businesses yeah. because they're hurting right now during this pandemic. And that's, that's really why I'm doing that. I love that you talked about how, you know, it sort
6: of goes back to a little bit of what Ash was saying, but not coming from that scarcity mindset and instead coming from a mindset of where they're. Is enough for everybody. It may look a little bit different than it did, you know, 10 months ago or approaching 12 now, but Mm -hmm. that is truly where so much of that belief in giving back and and actually living it, not just saying you want to do it. And I want to talk to you about your business and how you give back. You mentioned that you were on a sort of a coast to coast tour for delivering PPE and masks. Your business mm-hmm. is called Henderson Promos and you're a promotional mm-hmm. company, right? We can see some mm-hmm. of the swag that you have behind you, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about what you do and why giving back within your industry and within your business is so important. Henderson
1: Promos are promotional products company. Like you said, we do swag. We put logos on anything like t-shirts, hats, bags, you name it. We offer over 700,000 branded items. So when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden we were operating at 10 to 20% of what we normally operate at. So we had gone from our most successful year ever in promos to now 10 to 20%. And you got to think about that for a second. We have employees, we have to pay, we have bills, we have to pay. So that was a very scary time. All of a sudden we were worried and we had to really think fast and we were actually doing promos for hospitals at the time and they were coming to us for PPE items. So we were able in the beginning of the pandemic to use our manufacturers overseas that were making our pop sockets and fidget spinners. They were now making PPE items, gowns, masks, gloves, these items that we were able to supply to hospital States and our frontline workers. But I was on the phone with cargo ships and private planes, right. highly stressed out, dealing with large numbers. It was very risky for our business, and it was too much stress, you know, shipping yep. delays. But we were able to get the items to the people need the most. But what we decided was we need to keep it in the USA. We need to find a way that we can provide this and not rely overseas. So we partnered with a, a company in California. So now. We're making three-ply masks and we're able, and N95 masks pending NIOSH approval, and we are supplying the states, hospitals, frontline workers, Fortune 500 companies with the PPE, the three-ply masks that have that extra protection, and we're also doing the gowns and gloves and things like that as well, but these are such critical items and we should really not be looking overseas when we can make it here in the USA. And we're able to employ people in the USA. And I think that's so important during this time. There's so many Americans out of jobs and I don't understand why we keep going overseas when all these items can be made here in the USA and they are being made and actually there's companies that are making these items and I know businesses and hospitals and states that are still using overseas which is an issue. We really have to support our USA companies and have it made here. Is there
6: something in your story or your journey or your life what made you so focused on sort of this nonprofit sector and the idea of giving back was it something that was instilled
1: mm-hmm. with- in you from a young age, something you saw your parents doing? I think as I've grown up, I've realized that life is about service and giving back. What's the point of living? If you're not helping other people, one of the organizations I work closely with is called the Tigger house foundation, raising awareness for opioid addiction. I lost my brother-in-law from an opioid overdose, and it's a huge epidemic facing the world. And I think it's so important that we raise awareness, change the stigma surrounding this disease, make it okay to talk about because people still don't like to talk about it. They like to hide it. And we have to really address the situation and educate our youth. So I'm very passionate about that. I'm also passionate about helping the food banks. I work closely with Fulfill, the Food Bank of Monmouth and Ocean Counties, but I'm also donating masks to many other food banks nationwide. But I think People don't realize that since the pandemic, the need for food has increased 40 to 60% in our nation. And if you think about that for a second, that's just unacceptable. And we really need to do something about that. And I think it's really important that we really look at our food banks and help as much as possible. I was standing on the street handing out masks to the food bank of Harlem, and it broke my heart to see people waiting online from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. It was freezing cold. And they were waiting in line for a few things of food that they could eat for the week. And I don't even know if that would be enough for them. I saw little kids waiting online. I saw people with dirty masks waiting online. That's another reason why we're giving out clean, safe masks for them. I saw someone with little dogs. The dogs were shivering and it just really broke my heart. And we really need to help our community during this time. There's so many people that are struggling. Someone you might think might not be struggling could be, you know, I'm at these food banks and, you know, they're like, don't judge because there could be a... BMW pulling up and that person could have just lost their job. So you really just don't know who's struggling and you really have to be aware. And I just try and help your neighbors. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, it's a difficult time for a lot of people. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you so much for interviewing me. It's been amazing to be surrounded by such movers and shakers out there. So this has been incredible.
4: Thank you, Carrie. And Christina, you are such an amazing talent in so many ways. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll be
8: back with more Passage to Profit right after this. Hi, I'm Lisa Askleys, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me. Lisa Askely's, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, Lisa, at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
0: Passage
4: to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're here now with Kenya Gibson, who's going to do a segment on power moves. So Kenya, who do you have for us today?
5: We have Monique and We're going to be talking about her and her contribution to Undercover Billionaire. So I don't know if anyone's been watching that show on the Discovery Network, but it's an amazing show about entrepreneurship and basically how they only give you $100, a broke down car, and you have to leave all that, you know, and go find a way to build a business. And Monique uh, has been able to do just that. She has been able to build a $1 million business in 90 days, right? Which is, I don't, some people don't even do that in a lifetime. Right. (laughs) And, you know, she has an interesting background as well. She was married to a few celebrities, but, you know, really has kind of left all that she's known to do it on her own. She worked her way from poverty, all the way to where she is now and has started multiple businesses. But this is her recent venture. And I just thought it would be cool to highlight her for Power Move today.
4: Wow, that's really great. What kind of business yeah.
5: did she start? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to go watch the oh, show. Oh, no, spoiler alert. <laughs> so spoiler <laughs> alert. I was going to tell, but I was like, you know what, this, this is a good opportunity to push some people to the show. So you have to watch okay. Undercover <laughs> Billionaire on the Discovery Network to find out what kind of business she built. But, and she's not the only one, right? So they feature a lot of different entrepreneurs on the show as well, but I thought she had a super cool story Um, how she
0: kind of worked away from nothing to where she is. I'm familiar with it. And thank you for sharing that Coach Kenya. I think this is a great example that Christina had shared about if there's a will, there's a way and never giving up, you know, these terms about pivoting and finding whatever it takes. This is the American dream. This is entrepreneurship. This is what makes our society be inspired be innovative and so it's a great testament with this example i love it when i see more positive reality shows versus just the things that are all about access and things of that sort
4: and every business is really built on a series of small successes i mean sometimes you can hit it big with one big deal but really, most of the time, it's incremental improvements, incremental process, and it takes a little time. So I'm amazed that this woman had the talent or luck or whatever it was.
3: I am so curious. I'm going to have to watch the show. <laughs> you have to tune in. Well, you
6: know, what's funny. That show sort of came out when I first started my business, which wasn't all that long ago. And I remember thinking, I need to watch this because this is what I need to do. <laughs> it could be a little longer than 90 days, but I'm still been <laughs> way at it. I'm still in the incremental
3: success.
4: Elizabeth, why don't Please. you tell us about Fireside?
3: Yes, yeah, so I have my own little startup. It's called Fireside Directory and it is a website and a YouTube channel. And what I do is I interview small business owners and I put them on my YouTube channel and website and I have been building it for almost a year now. I've started with attorneys and then COVID hit and I had, we obviously have a video studio of our own in the building that the law firm is in. So I was doing really great videos with a videographer up here in the studio and then COVID hit and everybody went on Zoom. The biggest barrier I had to start was that people didn't want to be on video. They were terrified, even with an interviewer. And so COVID actually was beneficial in that way because all of a sudden everybody had to be on Zoom whether they wanted to or not, right? And so I started going to networking things. People are wonderful. Like I just spoke to this man in Queens and he's going to introduce me to 30 people he thinks could be on my site. So I'm growing it. And of course, I'm not always going to be able to do all the interviews myself. So I'm going to try to get business interviews from other people, but I want it to be the Wikipedia of small business by video. So I really expanded it during COVID from just being attorneys to being all small businesses. And a lot of people are doing things like this now, but as we've discussed on this show, it doesn't really matter if Carrie Barrett makes a lot better business video than I do <laughs> someone. I mean, that video could go on my site, but everybody does it different. So yeah, there are a lot of people doing business videos now. Some, people like my interview style and they want to do an interview or they want to put a video on that they already have it that's cool
2: yeah well
4: I think the neat part about having a directory is if you don't have a place to put your video or if you're not a web person and you don't really know where to put it on your website you have it on a directory
3: and on YouTube and, and a- YouTube is the second most searched engine after Google so yes, yeah, so you have a video on YouTube of yourself Well, I am so excited about this product and about the presenter. It's something everybody can use, especially in this day and age, but you know me, I'll probably use it till the day I die. (laughs) So um, without further ado, I'm going to let him explain what it is. So welcome to Hersh Chin with Bond Sanitizer.
2: I've developed this. I was out shopping and we realized that we need something that's better in the sanitizing world. And what I developed is this personal wearable hand sanitizer mm-hmm. dispenser. It's a refillable cartridge. The nozzle comes off. You stick in any gel sanitizer that you like. You know, some people like it scented. Some people like no scent. Put it back on, stick it into the holster that sits on the belt or purse strap. We make it pretty tight because a lot of people in healthcare were using it. So it it's on scrubs as well. So we had to make it tight, but then it'll loosen up if you're using it on a belt or purse strap. So when you reach underneath it and you just give a little squeeze, the sanitizer dispenses from the bottom in the nozzle. So it's one handed operation. You're not reaching into your pocket or purse or flipping a cap and then squeezing it. And then as you're closing the cap, most of it drips off your hand. So we went through a bunch of iterations to actually get the shape size. You know, We wanted it to be big enough that it You're not constantly refilling it, but small enough that it's convenient and lightweight. So that's what I came up with. And within a few months, we were able to get a uh, design engineer to print 3D prototypes and create the molds and get it manufactured. So here we are, this is a bond sanitizer and it's our personal one hand touch wearable sanitizer dispenser.
4: That is such a great idea. I'll never forget the first time after the pandemic, Elizabeth got into my car and I had a hand sanitizer bottle in there and she and I are like exactly the opposite. She sanitizes everything. I go by the two minute rule if it falls on the floor I'll eat it.
3: (laughs) If a cat doesn't get there first. And
4: so I had this bottle of sanitizer in my car and she was shocked. So, (laughs) but I'm sure there's plenty of people out there. And I I mean, there should be a government regulation that forces people to use this, right? I Um, agree. I really like this product.
0: I feel that it's very helpful for fitness as an example. So whether you work out at a park, or you're in an outdoor class that's allowed for working out. I could tell you right now, I would love to do this right after I do yoga or right after I'm doing weights. And it's like, you're right. I was making this comment that I had are showing this. And I have one of these in my bag. Look how big this is. And this is like a small size. And what you're saying is, would be so applicable. I'm going to no joke. I'm going to buy one. So I I really like what you're doing, man. Well, that was was my question.
5: I teach at a gym right now. And we have these really bulky, big dispensers that are right in front of the class. And I wonder, have you thought about doing a model like this for gyms and, places where people are publicly working out because I feel like all we have now is this like pump thing and it's people don't they don't use it as much as they should because of where it's located you know I feel like if it was in more of a universal place that they would maybe use it
2: the idea is I mean I would love to get into gyms like we've been branding a lot of people and these are just some of the brands that we've done on there but to get into the gyms where gyms let's say would give this out to their members they could put their logo their phone number on it and you're right the pump on the wall maybe it's conveniently located for some and not for a Others. Maybe it's empty when you get over there, or maybe there's like 30 people crowding around over there and you don't want to jump in there and get too close. This is your own. Nobody else is touching it.
3: What I really like about it is that you don't actually know what's in those other sanitizer containers.
2: They do expire. Again, you know, people aren't going there, going to check the expiration date on the gym. Sanitizer, And I'm not saying that they're putting in expired stuff, but you know, if somebody, if somebody wants to have a little more control and then the truth is when somebody's in a store and they touch a shopping cart or whatever, there's this little bug in their head. It's like, my hand is dirty. I got to get, find something. I got to get somewhere. And like from a very basic mental health standpoint, it's like I just sanitize and it's off my head. It really just alleviates touching something isn't going to give you COVID. You know, it's what happens after, right? So the gloves aren't really the answer. The answer is to keep your hands clean. And this, I think, just checked all those boxes and the feedback has been incredible.
3: And I think this idea <laughs> is great because I do fumble around and I do worry about what I'm touching. And if I could mm-hmm. just have it and squirt it and know it's my own sanitizer and nobody else has even touched the bottle. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get some weird, I mean, we're worried about COVID now. What's it going to be next year? Like,
2: you know, so (laughs) I'm going to stay sanitized. And whatever it is.
4: So Uh,
3: that was fun. But I think we're running out of time. We're going to do a quick wrap up after this commercial. This has been a great show. What interesting conversations. Yeah. And and Hirsch,
4: can you let our listeners and our audience know where they can find you?
2: Check out bondsanitizer.com, B-O-N-D. Sanitizer. The name came from people bonding and connecting because we were so separated when COVID hit and nobody was shaking hands, nobody was high-fiving. You know, everyone was at maximum doing the elbow bump. But we wanted people to be able to bond again and be able to high-five. So that's where that name came from. And bondsanitizer.com. Check us out. There's singles, multi-packs, family packs, business packs with logos on our website. If they put in because it's passage to profit, if they put in passage 15. They'll get a 15% discount for your listeners.
3: You are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Ash Kumra and our executive spotlight, Christina Henderson, our wonderful interviewer,
7: Carrie Barrett. And we will be right back after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. we can change the world. Visit dot com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
4: Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. It has been a truly remarkable show in every way, hasn't it? It has
3: been. I'm going to go through who we had, but if you missed it, our podcast comes out tomorrow. You can also find it on our YouTube channel, Passage to Profit Show. I would encourage everybody to subscribe to the YouTube channel because we get some beautiful guests mm-hmm. and also very great Great conversations, Absol- and you can see them on YouTube.
4: Absolutely, we have gone from the very deep to the very clean. So I think that <laughs> deep <accomplished D-tweening>.
3: <laughs> So to recap, we had just one of the most interesting conversations we've ever had on the show. Honestly, with Ash Kumra, who is. A wellness entrepreneur, radio show host, but really, I think a deep thinker. And, and a
4: cool guy, too. He is, thinks yeah. a lot of cool and stuff. So oh, thank you. Spelled, <laughs>
3: yeah, it's spelled A-S-H-K-U-M-R-A. So you can find him at ashkumra.com. You can find him mm-hmm. on Instagram. And he's starting something new, which should be started by the time this airs, called habitcrew.com. So look for Ash. He'll blow you away if you ever get in a conversation with him. Then we had... Carrie Barrett, who has Carrie Barrett Consulting. She's a media consultant. She helps you look better at on Emmy media.
4: Award-winning. Emmy award wow. winning. Emmy
3: award winning so. TV anchor. Yes. <laughs> and so the way she spells her name is K-E-R-R-Y-B-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find her at Carrie at Carrie Consulting.com. That's her email. Carrie interviewed Christina Henderson. So Christina Henderson is Mrs. New Jersey and it's kind of amazing to hear about all the stuff that she does.
4: Yeah, I mean, she's made the world a better place 50,000 times so and, 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 and we really need people like her to move the ball forward
3: and she has Henderson com spelled exactly how it sounds and they turned around they're giving away masks for free they're working with food banks I mean she's unbelievable human and, being and uh,
4: she's connecting with women businesses and who are working to pivot during the covid situation so really great to know her and meet her on the show
3: right and you can find her at kh and hendersonpromos.com if you missed this segment or the first segment really you should go back and listen to it because they were pretty amazing and then we had kenya gibson do her power move, which was really interesting. We have to all go watch this TV show. How to be a millionaire
4: in ninety days? Yeah. So. Um,
3: and so Kenya, she's very creative, and one of her jobs is to help people find marketing solutions using iHeart resources. It's Kenya Gibson with the P at iHeartMedia.com. They not only have radio spots, which are all over the country, but they also have digital marketing, and they really know what they're doing. Right
4: and, and the digital marketing is fantastic. We've been using it for over a year now, and we. We just have all sorts of calls. People are just really being reached by their marketing and it's translated into some great business for our firms. So. And then
3: I talked a little bit about Fireside. You can find it's fireside.directory or just look up Elizabeth Gearhart on LinkedIn. You'll see everything you need to know. Yes. And then we had Hirsch Chin with Bond Sanitizer. So his website is bondsanitizer.com.
4: It's a sanitizer you can put on your belt. And you right, can dispense a, right there on the spot. It's
3: a personal hand sanitizer that rides on your belt. You push one button with one hand. You get sanitizer, you fill it up with your own sanitizer so you know exactly what's in it and how old the sanitizer is.
4: And so when you feel the need to be clean, he's right there with you. So,
3: And who doesn't? The same age, right?
4: So I guess that's about it. Uh, before we sign off, do any of our guests this evening have any comments? Kenya?
5: Well, I just want to say it was a pleasure as always being part of the conversation. We got to talk to Mrs. New Jersey, which was lovely. Ash, it was super great connecting with you and meeting you and all your insight on inner wellness and all things far in between and Ursh, i love what you're doing with the whole sanitizing game i'm excited to see growth in that space we all want to make sure that we feel safe and we feel clean and especially with everything going on and carrie it was nice as always to connect with you and have you on the show thank you and christina it was obviously fantastic to meet you i love
6: what you're doing with giving back and supporting one another Hirsch, I'm all in. I'm placing my order for your your sanitizers as soon as we get off this show. And Ash, it was a delight to talk to you as well. I love the way that you're making us all think a little bit deeper about where we are and our line of sight really when it comes to being our best self.
0: This was a very insightful conversation. I love... Media that is about giving you the ability to share perspective, giving you the ability to think out of the box. I love the fact that this show focuses on entrepreneurship and innovation. I strongly believe, like what Christina had said about the Made in USA, it's what powers Made in USA is – entrepreneurship and building businesses, whether it's small, medium, whatnot. So I just want to thank you all.
4: So that's about it for us this evening. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of the people that make this show possible. Noah Fleischman, our producer at iHeart, Alicia Morrissey, who's our program coordinator who puts these shows together. She does such a great job. Thank you, Alicia. Angela Wolf, our video editor. She is one fantastic editor. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also check out our YouTube YouTube channel at
3: passage to profit show and you'll get to see everybody and you'll see how much fun we're having
4: <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot everybody for listening and this is richard and elizabeth gearhart for passage to profit on iHeartRadio wor 710 the voice of new york